I can see it moving. Oh, dope. Yeah. Technology. The little, yeah. Sweet, man. There's a little bounce back. Welcome to Occasionally Awesome. Hands up whole episode. Live <laughs> on Daily Motion. Yeah. How cool is that? It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, the song you just heard was uh, a song called Stoned and Starving by a band called Parquet Courts. They're from uh, New York. They're super cool. Uh, you just got into them. I just found out about them from a, a skate video on Thrasher.com. I'm 37. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I, I list, the nice thing about skate videos is they always list the bands. So at the yeah. end of the little clip, I looked them up, I bought their record, and yes. they're good so far. Yeah, they're great. I saw them at the Roxy like four or five months ago, and they fucking ripped it apart, obviously. Really? They're just yeah. young, full of energy, new band. And then we're talking to them afterwards, and uh, and we're like, man, you know, great job. You know, what's next for you guys? Like, oh, we're on this, like, tour. And they start listing, like, cities that it made no sense how they were going from one to the other. They're like, we're in Atlanta, like, tomorrow. And then, like, we go to Australia for two days. <laughs> and then we go to Seattle. San Diego, then, and then Ottawa. New Zealand. I'm like, wait, you're going to the Southern Hemisphere, then back to Dude. the States, then back? It was crazy. But they're all, like, so young and full of energy. They're just like, whatever. Yeah. And they're like, hey, do you guys want to hang out with us? Um, like and go do something. We're like, oh, we're probably like gonna go home. Like, what did you guys have in mind? They're like, well, we were just gonna like you know chill and party till like our plane leaves. And we're like, oh, what time is that? They're like seven thirty. We're like, yeah. we're out of here. <laughs> we're not gonna go party for seven hours with you guys. <laughs> I don't have the money. Yeah, but they're all twenty one or whatever it is. But they were so cool, super nice dudes. Uh, their albums are um. I'm going to look this up. Sorry. Uh, the first one is Light Up Gold, which is one you got. Right. Yeah. That one's great. And then the one right after came out in 2014, Sunbathing Animal. Both those are really, really good. Uh, they're on Spotify and RDO and probably on vinyl and, and CD, you know, everything. Uh, so pick them up if you like them. So before we start this episode, uh, which is going to be... Uh, Kevin talking down to me about watch knowledge. I'm doing this episode <laughs> under protest. I'm under protest. Well, people have asked us to a like, hostile witness. You guys should do a watch episode, and we were like, yeah, eventually. <laughs> um, and then because it's dude, it's really specific shit, and it's obscure. Yeah, you know what I mean. Not everyone know. Like I don't know that much, so I'm gonna act be- on behalf of the audience and ask pretty basic questions, and then right. we'll get into more serious shit. But okay. before that, let's. Um, plug some stuff um well tomorrow actually the sixth uh kevin and i and bobby lee and dean del rey we all shot a winter lookbook yeah uh for self-edge models yes we We model we we model now (laughs) deal with it you guys um so explain what a lookbook is you've done a few a lookbook is just uh, it's it's a it's a like a series of photographs that show what a clothing line's coming out with for the next like you know season mm-hmm. and they usually are, it, it's they can be really boring sometimes they can have a concept and this self-edges concept was they realized that a lot of comedians in LA wear their clothes mm-hmm. like us and so they asked us to be in the lookbook so they shot it at the comedy store it's yeah. cool looking it's yeah it's awesome so it'll be um 
I don't know exactly all the places that are going to carry it, but Hype Beast, Hype Beast, which is super cool. Uh, Selecticism is mm-hmm. another site, and I, I you just go to Self Edge's website, and they'll probably have a link to it also. Yeah, and then we'll we'll tweet out links and stuff yeah. too. Um, so yeah, that'll be exciting, cool, and you can see all like all their new stuff. We've mentioned them on this show a million times. You can see we, my body. <laughs> yeah. My body looks like in um, clothes, glistening muscles. Yeah. All place. Um, although everything we're wearing is long sleeve. It's a winter lookbook. Um, so another thing, on the 7th of January, I am going to be on in uh, Esquire magazine, and the style guy, the style department or whatever, is doing an article on um, me, my album, and this podcast. Snap. Which is awesome. So uh, they were interested in like podcasts and comedy and style and all those things. And I was like, hey, we do all of that stuff. So we got to talking and then I just, uh, I did an interview with them. So it's going to be pretty exciting. Um, I'll tweet the link out to that and it'll be on my website and all that stuff, Um And then what else do we got? You got anything road-wise coming up? I can't. I don't know. I can't. <laughs> I have I can't. no idea. I, I, I don't know what the date is right now. Uh, okay. Someone just tweeted at me that the volume is low. The volume is low. Okay. So um, that's a thing. Breaking news. The volume will be fixed shortly. Uh, that's the newest thing we're plugging. Fixed volume. <laughs> coming right up. <laughs> it's a good name for a band. Uh, fixed volume. Fixed volume. Yeah. Um, so I am, I'm in town through most of January. I'll be at the Meltdown show on the 13th, uh, the Wednesday night, the Meltdown show. Um and I think I'll have copies of my album. It comes out on vinyl that day. So you can order it online now. I don't know how some people have already gotten it in the mail, which is weird because it's supposed to ship on the 13th. But a few people have posted Instagrams and, and tweets where they have it. So good for you guys. But order it on. You can order it on a special thing. There's multiple links on the front page of my site. Um, and they're going to like Jonah will go on stage and talk about it a little bit on the show. And then I'm, I'm going to do like a, a set and stuff. So... That will be exciting. And the end of January, 29th through the 31st, I'm at the Houston Improv, me and Bobby Lee. So if you live in uh, Texas, near Houston, in Houston, please come to those shows. It'll be fun. I've never done shows in Houston. so Me neither. That should be cool. Wait, uh, last, I did one. Okay. But I did like a House of Blues. Ghetto Boys are from oh, nice. there. So hopefully cool. the Ghetto Boys will go. Yeah, I've only done like Austin a few times. Uh, awesome city. But, uh, but yeah, I'm going to be in Houston. So... If you guys live there, come to those shows. They should be a lot of fun. Uh, tell me where to eat, where to get coffee, where to buy vintage clothes, all that fun shit, the usual. All right, let's get into this, man. I'm actually excited about this. Okay. Because, I, dude, I text you watch <laughs> questions semi-regularly. You do. You do. Yeah. You've made the terrible mistake yeah. of deciding to like wristwatches. Yep. So I fucked up. Again, to anyone listening, don't do this. Don't do this to yourself. Don't. You're just gonna. You're gonna waste a lot of your time and your money, <laughs> and it uh, makes you worse at sex with girls. Why? Just because your brain is other places all the time. You're thinking it's about like, watches. It's like this is like uh, being into model trains or ham radio. Mm-hmm. This is. I mean, I love them. It's. I've devoted tons of my time looking at them and shit. Oh, before we start, I just want to say I'm not an expert. I'm gonna say any number of things that may not be exactly correct. Sure, it's just it's a hobby I have. I'm probably what's considered, I'm a novice by standards of like people that actually know watches. If you want, I'll say some sites that you can go to, and, and if you really want to get into like hardcore learning. But I just I like them a lot. I'm obsessed with being on time, 
So it yeah. makes sense for me to like them, and uh, but yeah, we can. Well, you'll find out why the reasons I got all of them and stuff while we're talking. But go okay. ahead. Um, all right. So, like Kevin said, don't waste your time. Don't, <laughs> don't tune out right now. It's a fucking black hole of obsession. All right. Um, but that's with so much stuff. You just yeah. get into. You just get into shit, and then it just consumes your time. But like, what's the alternative? Not being into stuff. I guess. I mean, I recommend to people getting one. That's yeah. really the move. Like, have one you like. The pro- well, the problem with one is this: you get what? one, and the thing is with these, they're mechanical. They're not, yeah. you know, battery operated. So occasionally you gotta send them in to get serviced. So then, what do you wear when it's getting serviced? Right. Then you got the second one. Right. Yeah, that's the problem. But then, what if you lose that second one, or it gets stolen? You have to have a backup third one. I mean, I was ruined very <laughs> early. I made the mistake of ask the first person I asked about watches was a dude who pro- has probably in his life spent a few million dollars on them, and I was like, "Hey, wow. I'm thinking of getting a nice wristwatch." And he was like, "Well, what are you gonna get?" And I was like, "I think I want this." And he was like, "No," he just was like, "No, you can't. I'm not letting you do that." You're smarter than that, and we'll. I'll, I'll tell you, like, go start looking into this stuff, which is, you know, per, that's that shit's where I live, like, nerdy stuff to get into. So uh-huh. I just started learning and learning. The, the first watch I wanted, I wanted to buy a nice watch, and I couldn't figure out what kind. And so, uh, the my my the girl I was dating at the time was like, Well, you really like the West Wing, you know? So, like, yeah, what kind of watch does he wear on the show? And I was like, Oh, I remember this episode where there's a close up of it. So yeah. I freeze framed it, and he wears an Omega. And I also figured out that uh, John F. Kennedy used to wear an Omega. That's a big a reason I started buying things. There's, I, there's like someone I think is cool. Yeah. And then I'll be like, okay, what kind of watch did they wear? Like, I just recently found out Malcolm X wore a long jeans watch, uh-huh. an old, how, like a 50s long how jeans. How do you spell that? L O N G I N E S. Okay. 1950s. Uh, they've been around a really long time. Great mm-hmm. watch brand. But yeah, so like that was usually how I decided to like pick a brand or whatever. Okay. Like okay, that I think that person's cool. They wear this watch. So like if like how people would do like cars with like you know if James Dean drove a cool car. Yeah. Or, or like you know things like that. Yeah, Steve McQueen. Steve, Steve McQueen. McQueen and people. Like, people. There's a Steve McQueen Rolex. Technically, there's like yeah, he made that particular. Uh, Red Wing, the eight seven five, yeah. kind of popular. Like, mm-hmm. so there's like cool people that associate them stuff. There's themselves. a Tag Heuer watch that he wore. I think uh-huh. it's the Monaco uh, yeah. watch that that's considered the Steve McQueen. And then there's there's a, a, a Rolex Explorer two with an orange hand. They call it Steve McQueen, but technically there's no picture of him wearing it. The okay. only pictures of the Rolex he wore, he wore a fifty five twelve. <laughs> so no, you see what happens? Yeah, yeah, you yeah. see what you fucking sound but like? Here, here, you sound like an idiot. Yeah, you do sound like an idiot. <laughs> um, but here's what we're going to do to simplify it, because then you can just get into brands and like numbers and all the shit, and it's just people are going to go, I don't know what you're talking about. Because yeah. right now, I barely know what you're yeah, talking about. Yeah, that's the problem. So here's what we're going to do. You have, you brought like three, five I watches. brought all, I brought basically almost all I have. Okay. Um... Right now, there's a guy outside with a car running, ready to steal these. I'm gonna get legit. <laughs> um, so they're all—they all look very different. They are. Um, and what I want to know, I want to start from the beginning because you can just like go, "Oh, Rolex has like a good, reputable name, and yeah. cool people have worn them." And Omega is one you hear thrown around, right. and then all these like complicated ones from Europe with right. weird names. Well, they're all really from Europe, right? Uh, even Rolex. Rolex, yeah. 
Oh. So I want to talk about this because I've asked you questions before where I'm like, hey, what about this watch? Right. And you always say whether you go yes because it has a good movement or no because it, it doesn't. Right. Now I want to know the inner workings of a watch because a lot look cool from the outside. Right. But they could suck on the inside and you can be wasting your money. Yeah. Right? So I know just from growing up and wearing shitty Casio watches and Timex and stuff, you always see or hear the name quartz movement. Yeah. Now, what is that? That just means it's a battery-operated movement. Okay. It's the, There's a, tons of different kinds of quartz movements yeah. made by lots of different people. Uh, but a quartz movement just essentially means it's battery-operated. Okay. Now, I don't love a quartz movement because eventually that battery dies. And so then on any, on, on, there's a day coming, there's a day down the road yeah. where you look at your watch and it's wrong. That's not acceptable. But then on that day, there's also a Rite Aid. Yeah. <laughs> and I can go get batteries. You can't, you, you didn't, do you know how to switch a watch battery? Yeah, I've done it for every watch I've ever owned. Fair enough. Most because they're, don't. I mean, they're usually like so simple. You just like Yeah, pop. you flip off the back, you pop yeah, in yeah. the thing. Um, but I guess there are more complicated <laughs> ones where you can't do that. Yeah. So that's when it becomes and and And, the quartz movements just aren't. I mean, the 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 liking mechanical watches is kind of like liking um, sports cars, okay. where it's kind of about like the engines and what they do, and you know, it's same because like all oh, that has a four barrel carburetor. Oh no! Uh-huh. Oh cool! Thanks, Claude. <laughs> His like you know, it's like oh, that has a four barrel carburetor. It has this, 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 this. Yeah. So like there are elements to watch movements that make them kind of interesting, and I mean. Because they're expensive, the people that buy them are always looking to justify the costs to yeah. like explain it to their wife or whoever they have to justify this cost to. So it's like, well, do you know how long it takes to make one of these? Yeah. And so it's like, that's why it's worth they it. They only made 11. Yeah, it's you like, know, like dude, this Submariner can dive over 660 meters below the water. It's like, I don't, I don't yeah. take, I take it off to wash my hands. Yeah. And then she goes, we live in Iowa. Like, yeah, for real. We're not going to the ocean. So there's ever. all those like things and you don't really get those same justifications with the quartz movement. So, okay. And there's there is something super impressive about like like there's a a watch there's the annual calendar watch made by Patek Philippe which is considered mm-hmm. the best watch company in the world by most people. Now how often does that change? The like who is the best like you know best Not burger often. best burger in LA is always like Umami and then Father's Office Not, and it's like a battle. Yeah, not very yeah. often because what makes a watch company considered great is that they've a had to have been around a long time. Define long, 50 years. 100 years. 100 I mean, years. Rolex is young, but like Vacheron Constantine's been around like a hundred and some years. That sounds like an emperor. Like, why is <laughs> yeah. that a watch company? Well, they're, yeah, their names sound super fancy. Patek yeah. Philippe, I believe, is over a hundred years old, but they've been around a long time. What was the first one again? Vacheron Constantine. They're considered Vacheron? the longest running... Uh, wow. Continuous watch company. A lot I of also these... heard that they conquered a third of the world back in 1730. They're dope. <laughs> I mean, they make a fine timepiece. Wow, I've never even heard that name. Yeah, there. Well, that's kind of like a. There's like a top five watchmaker companies. Is that like the watch that like uh, the five people that control the government like sit in a like a smoky room or if something if you're a like, really there, yeah. there are there there's like there's like levels of watch buying for rich dudes and there there's a certain level where guys are like no I don't want everyone to know what this is it's only for certain people yeah and that's there are those companies that's and, interesting. and and VC is one of those where it's like you got to kind of like watches a lot yeah. to know that they're one of the best respectable you know. okay so a question about quartz movements now they're in most watches, right? Yeah. Like your average, anything below probably. They came into popularity in like the 70s, like 
sixties, late sixties, seventies, eighties. Yeah, that would there was like a quartz watch movement boom, and okay. every company, Rolex made a quartz movement, Omega made a quartz movement. It was partially responsible for a lot of these companies kind of going into the shitter. Because all of a sudden you can make these really cheap watches because you didn't need expensive movements. So they start, like Omega made all these weird ass looking watches. Like just they're weird as shit. And and eventually they it got too like it was not not terribly classy. So during the sixties and seventies, Omega and Rolex were kind of on the same level. But but Rolex is really smart. They they stayed very consistent in their design. Mm -hmm. Rolexes have looked really similar almost the entire time. Whereas other companies kind of got sucked up into trends. Right. And so it made them kind of go out of style or go up and down with, with you know, with the nature of that style. Yeah. And so that's what happened. A quartz movement did that to a lot of companies. Like, a lot of companies started making these battery-powered watches that, to me, like, if you're going to spend a lot of money, I don't want a battery-powered watch. So what's another drawback for the the quartz movement? It's just that it runs, like, it's they're battery-powered and they run out? Or yeah, it's just What about, not, like, accuracy? They're super accurate. Like as accurate as a mechanical like wind yeah. up whatever. Okay. They're very very accurate. It's not an ac- it's just not a there I mean they're really there's like now what okay here's another question. Um say aliens invade earth and they send like a sonic pulse that destroys all right um electrical right anything. Go ahead. Uh your mechanical watch will survive that and your quartz is shit out of luck. Uh your mechanical watch may not survive that but if you're wearing a Rolex Milgauss Ah. It is made specifically to, to be worn by scientists in electromagnetic To clothes. withstand an alien invasion. <laughs> There's a Rolex for so alien So if you're invasion. looking to fuck with aliens, if you're looking to be the guy who gets to be the leader. Yeah, Rolex. There's a lot of watches that, that, uh, they, that was a big thing in the in the 60s was for scientists who were, you know, nuclear power. They, they start, a, a few companies started making watches that were built to, ex, you know, uh, withstand, you could wear them in electromagnetic, whatever. Because okay. those watches, you can get thrown off. Like, mechanical watches can get thrown off by various things. Yeah. But the, the thing, there's, wearing a, a watch, there's like two kinds of reasons. If you're wearing a watch just for time, you're not buying an expensive watch. Mm-hmm. Buying, th- this is just like, a, it's like a fetishism version of needing to wear a watch. It's more about... It's more about it as a status symbol, honestly. It's yeah, it's like with anything like accessory wise or style wise. Like yeah. you, you don't need you can you can get away with just wearing a regular pair of sneakers, but why wear, you know, really expensive boots or yeah. th- or like even high end denim mm-hmm. and all that stuff because it's like the, you do pay for the quality, but after a while, it's more of just like a weird fetish thing. Well, like okay, you and I both wear Red Wings, and they're not mm-hmm. cheap; they're between two and three hundred dollars. But there's mm-hmm. like other boot companies like Visvim yeah, that yeah. make basically a Red Wing style boot. It may be a little better made, but it's a thousand dollars. Oh yeah, it's it doesn't crazy. look any different. Mm-hmm. But at that point, you're kind of just you're maybe just super into fashion or you're super into those boots. It 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 kind of go it it transcends what you actually need. Yeah, and. Essentially, these you know buying higher end watches, you don't. It's not about need, really. Yeah, I mean, mo- you know, most most things aren't that you purchase. Yeah, like there, like I guess ultimately, like there's a ceiling for quality. Yeah, and after that, it just becomes you're paying for style mm-hmm. and just to show off. I guess. Yeah. No, I mean, what the reason I wanted to start buying watches was all style. Uh-huh. It's all the look of them. Like I really like the way the dials look. Yeah. I just like the way they look, period. And so that's what initially started getting me into it. And I like the idea of having something expensive. 
Yeah. Like we, we've talked about this. I never thought I would ever make any amount of money. Yeah. So when I got a little lucky and had like a, a, a hot year, I was like, oh shit, yeah. I can buy something fancy. Yeah, and I was like, an Omega. yeah, I was like yeah. young and I was like, this is kind of funny that I can afford this. Yeah, so I was right. like, I'm going to, I'm going to buy, you know, I'm going to get like, yeah. I'm, anyone tells me like, hey, what's a really good watch? I say the same thing. Like if you want just a dependable watch, get a solar atomic G-Shock. Yeah. They don't need a battery. They're powered by the sun, oh, yeah. and they link to a damn satellite, so they're accurate wherever you go. Whoa! This just—that's it. I mean, but if once the aliens come, they knock out the satellites, <laughs> true, and then we're fucked. True. True. All right. True. true. Um, that's always going to be the X factor in any watch. Yeah. Question. What about yeah, the yeah. aliens? What about well, the aliens? Destroy. So define there, how many different movements are there? Like the main ones? Is there like there's tons? Oh, really? Tons and tons and. Tons. I thought it was like. Like quartz, and then like oh, the oh, mechanical, okay. automatic. Well, there, there, there's quartz or mechanical, but within mechanical, there's tons of different brands that make movements. There's companies that are in-house movement versus uh, movements used by other. A lot of companies use movements made by other people. Okay. Some companies make all their own movements. Throughout history, most companies have used movements made by other people, and then slowly start to build up their own movement making. Right. Similar to how when. Toyota did the hybrid motor. Uh-huh. Um, they were the only ones doing it, and yeah. they were doing it the best. So Ford bought theirs, yeah, exactly, and used it for many years. And now I think they have their own. Well, like the watch you really like, you like the Benra Sky Chief. I love it. And you were like, "Why is it so expensive?" And I and I didn't know a ton about it, so I looked yeah. it up, and it's because it has what at the time is known as a really cool movement, uh-huh. which is what's it called? The movement. I believe if I'm not, it's either the it's the Valju. V a l j o u x. Yeah, and then there's a number attached. It's just a famous chronograph movement. What's well, What's chronograph? The three dials, where you have you have seconds, uh-huh. you have I believe the day. Yeah, and then you have a time. You have a a, a chronograph hand where you can time it. You click the thing, and it's oh. like a, a stopwatch. Wow. Yeah. So that's so, all, that all falls under what a movement is. Yeah. So it has like different functions, okay. and that company. Valju. It's either Valju <laughs> or Lemania, one of the two. Yeah. They made really good movements, especially Chronograph. Rolex used them. And right. they were just like a famous movement. So having that in the watch is why it's fucking pricey. Okay. It's also really rad looking. Like you you know, like the pro- you see it on the backside. The problem with having good taste is like the cool looking watches are mm-hmm. not cheap. Like the first I before I knew anything about watches at all. I was like 18, 19. Mm-hmm. I was driving in Chinatown and I drove past a jewelry store and I saw a picture of a watch. Like a poster and I was like that watch is cool. Yeah. I didn't know the name. I looked it up and I went home I was like what is that watch? So I looked it up it was $35,000. Jesus. It was like a, a Patek Philippe car. that has like, you know, it's a it's a world timer. So it has all the time zones. Yeah. It tells you like it has a separate function where you can you can just set to what city you're in. So wow. it says, like, you know, Honolulu, and then it'll say, like, it says all the cities, so it looks really cool, and it says, like, Chicago and L.A., and, like, you know, it's cool to just see all this. And especially, wow. like, Kirk Fox is a really cool watch because old world-time watches have cities that don't even exist anymore. Oh, that's amazing. So you'll have, like, Istanbul or Constantinople, like, places that aren't wow. cities anymore, like old Russian cities. Yeah. That shit's really cool. That is a cool watch. Like, a lot of people specifically collect that. Yeah, and it's not that's not a super expensive thing to collect. It's just old. You just have to find an old watch that had a GMT World Time function on it. Uh huh. That's yeah. see, yeah, that's cool. Features like that where it's like this doesn't even exist anymore. That's kind of like when I first started buying watches, I just wanted like an expensive looking watch that people would know cost a lot of money. Yeah. Well, the, I'll tell you. I'll say this. I think the mistake a lot of people make when they first start buying watches is this: 
They want a fancy ass watch to show mm-hmm. they made a little money, but they don't want to buy a Rolex because they're like, that's a douchebag watch. Uh-huh. So they See, buy. But why? Why is Rolex a douchebag watch? Because it's the watch everybody gets when they get money. It's the most common nice uh, watch, yeah. and it's the most recognizable. So you know everyone looks at it and it's like, that's an expensive. So it's like watch. I got money. I'm getting a Corvette, and it's kind of like, dude. There are so many other yeah. Yeah, okay. and and. Rolex is a very good watch company. They make a very solid, well-made, accurate watch. Yeah. As far as like, what are, what movements do they use? Do they, they make all their own now. Huh. So they've they've switched in like the last maybe I think ten years to in-house movements. Yeah. So they're making all, but they 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 make they don't make super well. They have a new movement that I don't even know. It's called this this watch called the Sky Dweller. Right, which you can set the whole thing just using the bezel. I don't understand how it works at all, but it's super complicated. Wow! But they don't—they don't make like super gnarly, interesting movements necessarily. It's not really what they do. Yeah, like there's you know there's there's different movements. Like you have your annual calendar movement, yeah. which the, there's a there's a Patek Philippe that will the date will be right for four hundred some odd years. What? And that's a mechanical like that they work that shit out with gears. It's not like a satellite. There's not like that's how amazing some of these movements are. And that's why you see the watches will be thick because there's a lot of stuff going on in there. Yeah. There's ones that they're called minute repeaters. They chime. Like there's an alarm function. There's a tiny chime inside. How long does that last? No, it's it, it does it all the time. Every minute. I think it, I forget it, how annoying. often it chimes. Yeah, it chime, I, I don't know if you can set it. I, there's, I'll never be able to afford one. Minute like repeaters are grand. like 50 grand. Fuck, dude. But I mean, the kind of technology involved is pretty impressive. There's yeah. uh, uh, the most popular, impressive movement thing is a, when you have a tourbillion movement. So, yeah, I've heard you say that before. What is that? When you wear a watch, you, you know, it hangs in one direction most of the time. Mm-hmm. So, gravity will have a tendency to pull the movement in that direction so it'll speed up your watch. Really? Yeah. Now, I, I may be explaining this wrong, but what a tourbillion does is it counteracts that it counteracts gravity <laughs> to keep your watch from speeding up just because of the way the direction it's basically regulates the time yeah within the watch so yeah it almost like your your one part of your watch is going this way and their turbillion's going this way in the right way to just keep it super accurate that is insane and the cool thing is when those watches when a watch has a turbillion movement they put like a hole in the dial and you can see it Whoa. It's this little arm and, and it fucking spins. Yeah. They are dope looking. Wow. Like that thing, they're just so cool looking. Who it's... needed, but who is like having trouble with their, the accuracy <laughs> yeah. of their watch? They're like, you know what? Like this isn't accurate enough. I a need guy, I tell you who, a guy who spent 50 grand on a watch and then s- checked the world time on his computer was like, this thing's six seconds slow and it cost me $60,000. <laughs> yeah. That is bullshit. So he was like, "What's what's the mo- yeah. I have so much money. I'm a hedge fund manager. What's the most accurate thing I can buy?" So then he like bought a warehouse and filled it with like 90 year old Swiss watchmakers and he's yeah. like, "Get to work." I mean, the most <laughs> accurate the the dude, the one collector I, I used to work with a while ago told me the most accurate tourbillion is made by F.P. Jorn. They make a tourbillion. It's called like tourbillion something mort, which means dead seconds, and it's like <laughs> it's like beyond accurate. I think it costs. I think it's, I want to say it's a hundred grand or it's in that area. Dude, that's <laughs> But these insane. things, I mean, these things are, it's the same exact thing as buying art. Mm-hmm. You're not buying it to wear it because you need the time. It's just like you're yeah. buying a shockingly well-made, beautiful thing yeah. that took thousands and thousands of man hours and is of a like refinement that doesn't exist much in the world anymore. And I imagine the like, 
the number of people that are able to make watches like that is probably it's a tiny. small small pool of people. Very very tiny. Like they all know each other. Well, I mean, there's not many of them. They're all basically in Switzerland, except the people that work for A Lang and Son, which are in they're in Germany. Yeah. There's a there's a there's a small group of watch uh, companies that are from Germany and glass shoot that are really good too. What? Why is it that the Swiss or the watch guys? They're where, just where they the just are. are. I don't know. They just cornered it early, and then yeah. that just became the thing. The Swiss are in a pretty. They're pretty like precise people in general when it comes to like design and everything. Like they're yeah. very bright people. Education is free, so everyone's smart. So like, they're just I don't know. The Swiss have always have it cornered. Yeah. But then then the Japanese make an excellent. I mean, Japanese could, uh, can make an excellently uh, accurate movement too. Right. Seiko like the high. There's two kinds of Seikos. There's like regular Seiko and then there's Grand Seiko. Grand Seikos are insanely accurate. Really? The dude I know told me that they won't, because they have like a, a timing contest in Switzerland. <laughs> they won't let Seiko in. What? Yeah, because they're too accurate. They get their ass kicked. They Well, then just by that, they, they've <laughs> yeah. won. Well, it's like, it's like for Swiss watchmakers. That's what it's uh, right. Again, like, sorry, Europe only this time. Yeah. But you've said that for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's too many movements to even get into. But there's they so all, many different kinds. They all fall under whether they're like... The two major umbrellas are quartz and, and yeah, mechanical. mechanical or not mechanical. What's automatic? Automatic is just you don't technically have to wind it. Like an automatic movement, I've, I forget who invented it. So Am it's I? different than mechanical? Or does that fall No, no, it, is, it falls under. It's just you don't have to manually wind the crown. Just by, there's a thing inside. I want, you can kind of see it on this swatch. Okay. So in the back of this, <clears throat> see this like circle right here? See how it moves? Yeah. That's winding the watch. Oh, really? So just by wearing it, the motion of that winds your watch, so you don't ever have to wind it. Ro- Rolexes, most Rolex, I believe, almost all Rolexes are automatic at this point. There's, I think they make a precision that's not, that's manual wind. I don't know if they make it anymore. Yeah. But like most new watches, an automatic movement was like a, a kind of a technological advancement that started happening in like the 50s. Right. And so it's like, oh, you didn't have to wind it. So they put a little thing in the back that moves and that winds the, it winds the mechanism to keep your watch moving. So, I mean, if it's sitting in like on your, you know, bedside table or whatever for a while, it's just going to stop. It's just going to stop. And the second you put it on, you're walking around, it starts. It moves. Like I don't wind this watch. I just pick it up and go like this. Once. And that starts, yeah. Just one time, and it's already going. Good automatic movements, which this swatch is pretty fascinating. They That's just came cool. out with it. It's the System 51. Yeah. It's 150 bucks. It's probably the ch- it's the cheapest automatic mechanical movement I've I know of. Yeah. And it, dude, I've been wearing it for a few weeks. I love it. It's really? light. It looks cool. It comes in like five colors. Yeah. The white one's super cool, especially for a, a girl. Uh, for everyone listening, we're sorry you can't see this, but we we brought it in because we're streaming live. But if you're listening to it um, on 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 occasionally awesome like on iTunes or whatever, what what say the name of the watch? S- it's a Swatch System Fifty One. They spell it S I S T E M Fifty One. Okay, so yeah, you can Google image that, and they look fucking cool. Like yeah. what? Let me hold it up to the camera real fast. They're available at like every Swatch store. They're not hard to get. And it's 150 um, bucks. It's mechanical. See what is the red? See how, like what looks like uh, like uh, the universe or whatever in the yeah. middle. I don't know. It's just some star stuff. It's so that's just like design. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's super cool see, looking. I was thinking about it. Swatch was the first watch I probably ever noticed. My best friend in elementary school, Casey Canale, got a white swatch. Yeah. For like his 12th birthday, and I was like, oh shit, 
That thing is dope. Yeah, the design, whenever, because they're always in like malls, like the yeah. Swatch store, but it looks like, it just looked like you'd walked into the future every time you'd go in there. Well, the Swatch Group is a large corporation that owns a lot of high-end watch companies. They own Omega. What, really? Yeah. Since when? Uh, they bought Omega, I think, pretty recently. I believe Swatch Group owns Bruguet now. Yeah. Which is spelled Brigitte. <laughs> this is some French shit. I still don't know how to spell. You just, just said it phonetically, and I'm like, I'm still it's lost. B R E G E U T. Okay. Worn by Winston Churchill. Oh, nice. So that's cool. That they, is cool. And they, uh, that company was responsible for lots of watch advancements. It'd be like cool if every hour ago. it like emitted like a witty quote. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. Just an authoritative dude. Yeah. 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 Uh, so my question about that is, now that Swatch owns companies like Omega, is that going to lessen the It has prestige? a little. Okay. To, to certain, because anytime a large group buys anything, yeah. it usually just makes the companies a little less refined and have to tighten their belts a little, because it's a financial decision. So yeah. it, it gives the stigma of them maybe making like less interesting shit. More, people tend to like watch companies that are independent, and aren't part of large groups. Now, that's not always true. I mean, there there are some cool companies that are part of groups like uh, 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 A. Lang and Son and Panerai, and I believe Cartier are all part of like a group together. Yeah. So it just depends on the group. But at Swatch, because it's like a cheap cheap brand. Yeah. There's a little bit of a stigma with the fact that it, that they buy companies yeah it sounds weird like it would be if you were like casio bought rolex yeah like, what usually yeah. when when a when a group buys a watch company they're like we we intend to we just want to foster them and let them do the what they've already been doing and yeah. you know leave them alone yeah in some cases with what other companies they do do that but because they just know it's a it's a growing market and like we just want to own it let yeah, it be their own thing most like, luxury brands are owned by groups like there's the lv group which is louis vuitton the yeah. that the panerai a lang and son i believe cartier they're all part of what's called the reichmont group mm-hmm. and it's just these large huge corporations that buy all these brands yeah because they're really good brands and and you know right. they have these groups have tons and tons of money so they allow these companies to maybe do stuff they weren't able to because they can inject a lot of capital Right. And maybe make more interesting watches. But the Swatch thing, maybe, I don't know, just because it's like a, a, a you know, a, a lower market brand. Okay. Gives a little bit of a segment of the brands it buys. Okay. So this is like more of like an introduction, introduction, introductory <laughs> um, watch. So it's like, I mean, it's still a little like. It's ex- kind of, that's kind of a new thing. Like it's, that's. As far as that's like the cheapest mechanical movement I've ever really heard of. So in in the watch world right now, it's kind of like this cool new thing. Like yeah. I watched a video. There's this site called Hodinkee, H O D I N K E E dot com. Yeah, and it's a watch site, and they had a collector on there, and he had you know a really serious collection, and also like he had that. And he was like, oh, I bought an extra one because I think they're going to be a collector's item. Because I guess Swatch cool. is going to make a different design uh, every year for that oh. System Fifty One. Wow. Yeah. But, wow. you know. Um, okay, so now, in, in keeping in the world of, like, l- kind of lower-end affordable watches. Al Madrigal just texted me, ladies, gold swatch looks tight. Super <laughs> expensive. <laughs> a gold? They make that? Probably. Swatch makes a lot of shit now. They make cool stuff. That's interesting. Okay, so... Um, this reminds me of the... There's already a scratch on it, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Shinola, or Shinola. Right, Shinola. Um, Shinola. Uh, Shinola they, is owned by Fossil. 
Yes, I was reading that. Yep. So now Fossil, because they make Diesel's watches too. Yep. So how are they as a watch company? Because they have some cool looking watches, and Shinola, Shinola, however, I'm not. They make f- cool ones too. I'm not a fan of Fossil. Okay. Before when I was young, like maybe eighteen, nineteen, I bought a couple and they broke. Yeah. I don't know if they're. I'm sure their quality's better now. I haven't owned one in a long time. How did they break? Like they just way? stopped working, so I had to like send them back. They just like literally didn't work. Like the movement just, they just stopped one day. And they were battery powered, like yeah. quartz movement. Yeah. And it just, you replaced the battery, nothing. Yeah, which is, I had to send it back and they were like, oh, wow. Yeah, it was not a good experience. So, yeah, that's. They're weird. more just a fashion brand where it's just about the look yeah. and not necessarily about. But they, I think Fossil now makes more hot, expensive watches. They might even make a mechanical one. So, I, right. they've been a company long enough to where they're probably getting better, mm-hmm. but I, I don't find them super interesting. Now, Shinola opened a store in Silver Lake, and yeah. I went in there a couple weeks ago, and there are like, uh, no joke, 30 or 40 different watches yeah. in there. Sorry. And a lot of them looked cool, but like, remembering what you had told me, like, a, um, about Fossil not being that great. And yeah. then you're like, that's why you wouldn't want to get a diesel watch. They're just more because of the brand name diesel. Yeah. So I was thinking the same thing about Shinola. I'm like, well, these look cool, but are they going to like break or fall apart? Or is it like, because I think it's a similar case where they bought Shinola, but I don't think they're very hands-on. With no, the, I don't. Company. I think Shinola uses their own specific quartz movement that's, I think, better. Okay. And there are there are good and bad quartz movements. Right. So I think Shinola does use a better one. Okay. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't think I have I haven't heard anyone complaining about their Shinola watch. Okay. Uh, so Jay Larson has one. Yeah. And he raves cool. about it. Okay. And then I met another dude recently, Seth who has one and he thinks it's great. So like uh you know, I, I, I think they are uh, dependable if you, if you're like a watch with a quartz movement, they're probably dependable and last a long time. What would given what they are, the types of watches, um and how the insides work, what is like the ceiling you would spend before it's like, all right, you just paid too much for this watch. Now it's just literally for I the think Shinola is a little high for the movement. Now it, the dial and the finishing is good. Also yeah. they're they, they got really good leather. Yeah. They, they, the 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 yeah. bands are good, the bracelets seem okay. Yeah. But they they're kind of just cool. So yeah. people are paying, you know, a premium for them because they're cool and they're like a new cool thing. And they say Detroit on the dial, which is cool. Yeah. It's so cool, cool tax. Yeah, it's a little it bit of a cool yeah. tax. I I wouldn't go any anywhere over five hundred or six hundred for those. Oh, I thought you were gonna say way lower. Well, that's how much they cost. They don't make a watch that's less than I think five fifty. Oh, I thought they made them in the low like. Twos or two fifty three hundred. I don't think so. I was on their site not long ago trying to help that someone much? find one, and they're they're in the fives, I wow. believe. So yeah, I wouldn't. That's the normal price for those, which to me is just a little high for the for the movement, especially when you compare it to that company we've talked about, Weiss watches. Yeah, they're making a mechanical movement. Now, granted, they're they start at like nine hundred bucks. Yeah, but to me, that's a lot more craftsmanship involved. Right. Granted, they only make two styles. Yeah, I mean, Shinola's trying to grow. So, which is cool. I mean, I think they'll eventually make a mechanical watch. I really do. Because yeah. they're trying to be kind of like an Americana brand or whatever. Oh, yeah. But a lot of people are talking about them right now. I'm not a huge fan of them, but like, you know. The thing about uh, watches is, it to me, it's like buying art. You should just buy what you like. Mm-hmm. Don't think in terms of like, well, is this going to be worth money? Am I going to flip it? Just buy ones you think are cool. But the, I mean, right. Yeah, I mean, and I agree with that. But the only like issue there is... 
uh, someone who doesn't know really anything about it, th- they won't want to be ripped off is what it is. If they go, well, I bought it because I think it's cool and I paid $700 yeah. and then someone like you who knows a little bit more than the average person, you're going to go like, dude, that thing's not going to last two years. And then they're going to go, fuck, yeah. I should have done some research. But I mean, you should do, if you're spending over $200 on anything, you should do some research. Yeah, dude. That's and with the internet, I don't, I don't have a ton of sympathy. It's pretty easy to do research. Especially, yeah. I mean, the level of nerdery that... Is- but for something this complicated, like, people, I'm sure, have sat there and tried to do research. But it's really overwhelming. There's so You can't just be like, what's a good watch? Because you'll read an article about it, and they'll go, well, this one's great because of this movement and this and that. Yeah. And then you're like, okay, I don't know those seven words. Then you yeah. got to go look up what oh, no. movement is. Then you spend hours on I've made learning. very yeah. expensive mistakes because yeah. I didn't know stuff. Like, just tiny intricacies where I'm like, oh, shit, this one's a good deal. And then I find out why. Yeah. I'm like, oh, it had to refinish this. It was whatever. So let's let's talk about this one because we're still on, like, kind of lower end. Okay, yeah. This is one of my... I have two of these. Not this exact one, obviously. Great. Um, It is a Mickey Mouse watch. Yeah. Uh, I fucking love them. They're yeah. like 27 bucks at Disneyland. Super classic. You can get them at the Disney store in the mall, online, wherever. Yep. Uh, now, tell us why this one's different. This one is mechanical. It's made... It was made by the... It says Walt Disney Corporation. It's Bradley, which I believe... I was informed... I think when I took it in to get a new bracelet or a band or whatever, Bradley is like an offshoot of Timex or something. So that's from the 70s. I got it at the Melrose Swap Meet in the box for 50 bucks. Wow. And it's it's mechanical. I don't wear it that much because it's loud as shit. Like, if you wind it, if you wind it... It's oh, it's a wind-up. Wow. Yeah, no, it's mechanical. This is an automatic. Like, I have to wind Whoa. it every day to wear it. See, the newer ones are not, obviously. The newer ones are quartz. That's why they're $27. <laughs> yeah. But this thing is loud. Is it running? <laughs> I can't tell. Oh geez, that is loud. Yeah, it's like I can hear it. What it, it? I can hear it when I'm trying to fall asleep. Like I've left it in a drawer and I can hear it through the drawer. Yeah, I don't know you can't hear it through that. But yeah. yeah, it is. When I put it up to my ear, it's loud. But yeah, it's cool. You could tell it's old, just like the the way Mickey's drawn. And yeah, Mickey's a little older cool. looking. I think those are a cool thing to collect because they're not crazy expensive, and you can always find them at swap meets. It's also like uh, for people for because most people don't know a lot about you know expensive watches. So it's a conversation piece for mm-hmm. regular people. They yeah. can look and go, oh, fucking Disney. Now, the only can, problem, yeah. I was thinking about this, the only problem with buying, like, cheap old watches is this. Like, this was 50 bucks. Yeah. But if it wasn't running, I got to take it in to get it fixed. Now, that's going to cost 100 or $200. Wait, what? Yeah. To get a watch, if a watch isn't running, to get a watchmaker to fix it, if it's uh-huh. mechanical, is not cheap. So if you're, there's a lot of great old watch brands that aren't super expensive, like old Ben Russ or old Hamilton, like old American watch brands. Yeah. And they'll be in like the low hundreds, like two, three hundred, like sometime in the in around that. But they have to be working well because if right. they're not, you're gonna almost spend as much getting it running that as much as you did to buy it in the first place. Yeah. So if you're buying, oh, on Hodinkee, there's a really great article about buying watches on eBay. It's oh, long. Cool. It's informative, but like. With, that's a scary thought. It's super scary. Because yeah, you're like, I'm going to buy a fake one. That's you want someone with like 100% good feedback and tons of listings in the thousands. Right. And because you really want the watch, if it's if it's inexpensive, you don't want to buy it and then have to, like, okay, I bought this Omega Seamaster. Uh-huh. I, I bought it for 900 bucks. Okay. 
Uh, it's got a up. super good. Di- I really like the dial. It kind of reminds me. The numbers remind me of like a an old Rolex Explorer. The dial's cool. It's black, which is nice. And the the markers are aging. So mm-hmm. I, it was nine hundred bucks. It's cool. But when I got it, it was running a little slow. And when I would wind it, it was like scratchy. Like it was hard to wind. Yeah. And so I took it. I didn't want to send because I had bought another one from the guy and I didn't like it and I traded it. I just didn't want to deal with the guy. So I took it in to the watchmaker I go to, want to buy a watch, who's amazing. Yeah. And it had like rust on the inside. So they really? had to like get the rust out, clean the rust out of the crown thing, and why so that cost me two hundred and fifty bucks. Whoa. So now the watch that I thought was nine hundred were at eleven twenty four eleven fifty. But you have always uh said what's great about buying watches is that good ones will appreciate in value this watch i'll have for a very long time uh-huh. or in, uh, if i don't trade it or whatever but like if i keep this watch for a long time you know in whatever how many years it'll be worth more i won't like lose money on it yeah the worst thing you can do is get impatient with wristwatches and want new that's what the only time i've lost money on a wristwatch is like i just want like a different one yeah. and then i go trade it and i lose a little like that's the mistake if you buy uh-huh. it and keep it for a long time you're gonna be fine right because they la- that's the thing, they last. This this watch is 50, like almost 60 years old. Whoa. So the fact that it works, and it, dude, it runs great. Like once you got the rust out and, and yeah. you know, tightened it up, it runs super accurate. Like I maybe lose like two seconds a day. What I've noticed is with yours, they're all the face, right? The face? Uh-huh. Dial. Is, oh, yeah. Now explain watch parts real fast. Now, what for people that don't know what's a bevel... A, a bezel. Bezel, sorry. I don't know. That doesn't have a bezel. A be- right. The bezel is this. This little thing right here. The, okay, the part the around the dial. This is right. the dial or the face. Uh-huh. The bezel is what's around the yeah. around the dial. I mean, this does have a bezel. It's just super small. That one does too, but yeah. it's just tiny. And then the crown is this thing the on the side. The crown is the thing you wind. Okay. And right. then what other major watch parts? I mean, use? there's the case back. Which is uh-huh. the back, which usually has lots of pertinent info. It usually gives you the, the sometimes it'll have the year, it'll have the name. The born on date. It's a, yeah, this says Ben Russ waterproof absorbing dust proof. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it'll have the year, usually not. This Rolex just says douchebag on the back. <laughs> <laughs> this says doesn't have any self confidence, so uh, bought at an expensive wristwatch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, okay, and then. But like, okay, the reason people like the uh, very specific one, the first uh, expensive watch I bought was an Omega Speedmaster. The reason I wanted it was because it's what the astronauts wore on the moon. Yeah. So, but you had to get a specific one. The uh, the one I had to, that's why I told the guy I wanted. I was like, I want a Speedmaster. He's like, an old one or a new one? I was like, I want a new one. He's like, you can't buy a new one. I go, why? He goes, because that's not the point. You can still, <laughs> you can find the exact one serial number and everything that they wore on the moon for the same price. That's the thing. It was the same price as a new one. He's like, you just have to go dig, like go look. And so I spent like six months looking. But like on the case back, there's a difference. After the after Omega found, because Omega the NASA got those watches and didn't tell Omega, they did it in secret. Yeah, just went to a store and bought them. After Omega found out, they put this big stamp on the back that said "first watch worn on the moon." Cool looking. Why did they do it in secret though? I don't know why. Maybe they just didn't want them to know. I don't know. This is government shit. Well, they tested lots of watches. They tested Rolexes. They tested a Seamaster. They tested Speedmaster. I think they tested a Hewer. I'm not positive. Yeah. But they tested lots of watches, and the Speedmaster was the one that worked. So to get the right one, the back had to have this specific thing. It has a seahorse thing on it. Yeah. And only says Speedmaster. 
and you need like the the the, the omegas metal and stuck to the dials, opposed to printed. Jesus. It has to have a specific movement. It's known as a pre-moon Speedmaster, which means before they That's knew insane. it was on the moon. The difference in price <laughs> is huge. Like a pre-moon Speedmaster is selling right now for around five grand. A one after that is probably three grand. Wow! So it's a big difference. That's crazy. But it's just nerdery. <laughs> like, oh, it's, yeah, they both point. work the exact same. They just have different movements, and they, you know, it's just a tiny distinction. Right. That um, watch I found in my garage. You found that in your garage? This was, I believe, my father's watch that they, I think, I'm guessing they gave it to him when he was in Vietnam. Because it's about that time period, it's wow. 60s. Ben Russ was a company that I believe was used by the military. They gave him, you know, watches. So I found that in the garage, and I uh, took it to my watchmaker and was like, hey, it wasn't running. So I was like, hey, can you get it running? And he That's said, cool. yes. It's so small. Like it's now super the f- tiny. When you tell me, uh, oh, this one's going to be 42 millimeters or 38 or yeah. whatever, how do you measure that number? Where's that coming from? Is it like... It's this, It's just the diameter. So this is... From the out, very outside or just the face, like just the, the glass? The outs- no, the outside, but not the crown. So the edge of the watch. Where? Here. Just the edge of the case. Oh, the edge of the case, so yeah. not the metal on the outside. No, the metal on the outside. Oh. So here. Oh, very there. Edge, okay, yeah. yeah. So the very, very outside. All yeah. Right. So this is, I think, is thirty-two millimeters or yeah, thirty-three. It's, so, it's almost like a like if it looks like a female's watch. Well, size-wise, it looks like a masculine watch, but like the size looks. In this time period, in the fifties and sixties, a male size watch was thirty-two, thirty-three millimeters, thirty-four. Yeah. Men were smaller back then. They were. Yeah. But then a, a female's watch was like unreadable. There were these tiny rectangles that <laughs> I don't even know why. Women they made them. were two feet tall in the fifties. Yep. Okay. So it, watches didn't get to like this size until mm-hmm. like the sixties, fifties, late fifties and sixties. What annoys the fuck out of me, by the way, with watches is when when you see dudes walking around with like what looks like fifty millimeter, like yeah. insane. You're you're gonna your wrist is gonna break if you wear it. That's too what long you get with like a huge Breitling. Panerai's Panerai, are huge. yeah, is another one. But Panerai's were huge for a reason. They were worn by the Italian Navy in submarines, so they needed big dials because they needed to see them in the dark. Yeah. That was why they were so big. And pilot watches are like that too because, mm-hmm. like, the purpose is for you be able to see them inside an airplane. Right. So, like, IWC, which stands for International Watch Company, they are a big, fancy watch brand. They are famous for their pilot watches. Then yeah. they're huge, but they served a purpose at the time. Now, not so much. Yeah. But like, you Arguably, know. none of the things that make like a Seamaster and all these like different, th- where they have features like, oh, you can dive up to yeah. 6,000, whatever. A lot of those features are like, you're never going to use. So, I mean, famous di- Jacques Cousteau wore Rolex Submariner. Yeah. That's how it got like its thing. The the, the first guys to uh, to climb Mount Everest were wearing a Rolex Explorer. Uh-huh. So that, they use a lot of those. There's a lot of benchmark. Like that's, every company tries to have a, has a thing like that. Like, Chuck Yeager broke the sound barrier uh-huh. wearing a Rolex GMT. What's GMT stand for? Uh, something mean, some uh, Greenwich Mean Time. Greenwich Mean Time. Okay. Yeah. Which, if you think I understand that, you're high. Yeah. <laughs> All I know is the bezels do two different colors, and that's why I like them. And yeah. like they used, and and uh, I like GMTs because Francis Bacon wore one, uh-huh. the painter, and Hunter S. Thompson. Wow. So that's like that's that's the way I get into them. It's like uh-huh. I, I I love that movie All the President's Men. Right. Redford wears a an old submariner. Right. Like that's how I started. That's the real reason I like. It's it's all aesthetic. 
Okay. It's all just a, like aesthetic and style. I am me. currently wearing a Timex Weekender. But a good looker. <laughs> a looker. And you got a fancy leather Well, here's, here's why it looks better now. Because originally it had similar to what your Mickey watch has. It was like a canvas, whatever. Yeah. Uh, it was a red and gray, which came with a watch. 27 bucks mm-hmm. at a fucking mall watch store. Because I just needed a watch that worked that wasn't my you know Mickey Mickey watch. Right. Um, and then I wore it and it was fine. And then the band started just kind of falling apart and getting yeah. dirty. So I was like, oh, I'm going to get... I saw a picture with someone wearing one of these with like a leather strap. And I'm like, right. that watch just went from looking like it was worth 27 to like way more. It can make a huge difference. It was crazy. And I got the strap. It was like raw, untanned, untreated leather from... from I found him on Instagram. This this guy that his handle is One Star Leather Goods, and mm-hmm. he just makes by himself. He's from LA. Makes leather goods like yeah. watch straps and covers for moleskins and random different wallets and that kind of stuff. So I got it from him. He had like a Black Friday sale. It was like affordable. Got it, and then it just like changed the way. This well, you, watch it's looks. called a NATO strap. What, what? Because of the way it goes on the back? I'm not sure why. I, I mean, it, it's uh, they call it NATO. I mean, I think it may have something to do with, you know, the Allied forces or whatever. So, but also, the the when the astronauts wore the Speedmaster in space, they wore it on the outside of their astronaut uniform. Yeah. So they needed a super long strap that went, like, you know, oh, huge. So oh, the watch right, would sit right. in the middle with this really long nylon strap. Uh-huh. And that's why those... Also... The, a big reason the NATO's popular is because James Bond, Sean Connery wore this Rolex and wore a NATO like this, mm-hmm. like a simple one with it's, it's black, red, and green on, and that's one of the most expensive Rolexes because it was in a James Bond movie, course, which has yeah. nothing to do with like anything. The mechanism, yeah. it didn't accomplish anything. It's just that movie's cool as shit, and he wore a Rolex big crown, which if you can find one for after under fifty grand, buy it. Jeez. Like, now, do you think now with the new Bond movies, every time they announce they're making one, like fifty watch companies just send watches? Well, to they the... have a deal with Omega. Oh, so they already have that. Yeah, set they've in stone. Okay, Bond smart. wore he wore yeah. Rolexes for a while, but then Omega has been the Bond watch for a while. That's so. So funny. there's like a Bond edition Seamaster, and like that comes out with every movie, right? That's that sounds cheesy to me to get the Bond they're, edition. They're very easy to buy. There's a lot of them. I'm sure they're not yeah. hard to find. Because the thing is, it's like getting an Eddie Bauer edition Ford Explorer. Well, and oh. there's a, a really expensive watch company called Artemar Piguet. Yeah, APs. They're really popular with Dude, basketball I've players. Never known how to say and that. And Jay Z, meaning that I don't think I said it right now. Yeah, but like they did like a Shaq edition. Right. And like a 70 millimeter. <laughs> like a huge, massive, it was big, yeah. but it has like a picture of Shaq slam dunking on the back. Like, I don't want that. If I spend 20 grand on a watch, I don't want a picture of a dude on the back. Right. Like, it just seems less refined, especially when you're trying to buy something from a company that's like 100 years old. Yeah. It doesn't seem like that's what historic. This, the same thing with the Bond thing. Like, when I think of like nice watches, I think of like, oh, they're sophisticated and elegant. I don't m- want mine saying James Bond on it. Yeah. You know Unless I mean? you're super into James Bond. Yeah. Yeah, if you're like, if you collect James Bond stuff, you're yeah. like, well, this has got to go in the pile. Yeah. But like, I mean, uh, Daniel Craig was mm. notably spotted wearing a James Bond Rolex yeah. when he became James Bond. And I imagine Omega was none too pleased. Probably not. But he was like, guess what I am? James Bond. Yeah, I'll do whatever the fuck I, I want. I also heard a story yeah. about him. He loves Rolexes, but I heard a story where some, he was like outside a bar and they were like, nice watch. He just took it off and gave it to him. Get the fuck. <laughs> He just handed a dude a GMT, 
Like a Coke bezel GMT was like, How thanks, mate. Drunk must he have been that night? Maybe super like, drunk, but best day ever for that dude. Oh, dude. That's yeah. why I tell everyone I see nice watch in the hopes that they'll be like, yeah, my wife's trying to take it from me in a divorce and just hand it to me. Wow. So good. That's amazing. Um, as far as putting straps on these watches, are there like do's and don'ts? Like this Rolex, uh, which, what kind of Rolex is it again? It's a Submariner 5513. What is Oyster? <clears throat> Oyster Perpetual, Perpetual is the name. Uh, it's how they they name their movement. That's the, they're the kind of the pioneer of their perpetual movement, which is the automatic movement, which is you not having to wind it. Okay. It's perpetual motion. Now, when the second hand, I've seen a difference in like they kind of tick by or they glide by. What's ticking that called? Is, ticking it denotes a quartz movement most of the time. Uh-huh. If a, a good mechanical movement, the, the, the second hand glides. So this one looks like it's doing... Like very small, small, small ticks. Yeah. Like you'd have to really... It doesn't really glide, glide. It's just like the ticks are so small that it looks smoother. Okay. That used to be like the telltale sign of a real Rolex versus a fake, but the yeah. Chinese have learned to this make really a, good movements. It's such a classic looking Rolex to me. Hold on. I think it's great. Yeah. I traded my engagement ring for it. Fun story. Say that one more time? <laughs> uh, when uh, after... A, uh, I had an engagement ring that mm-hmm. someone turned out didn't they didn't want, and uh, so I took it to the place I bought it. So they got also ready. buy watches. The bright side to uh, <laughs> your potential marriage not working out, you get a Rolex out of it. Everybody, there is they a were consolation super, prize. I took a bath on the ring, but I you know wow left with that not so bad. Yeah, this and it looks like it has a Mercedes logo on the hour. Yeah, their hand. little hour hand looks like a partial Mercedes logo. Yeah, uh, this is cool. I think I'm gonna sell that. No way. I think I'm gonna sell it and get a a smaller one. A small okay. Because I tell you, I from wearing this um, swatch, I really like a light watch now, yeah. and that thing's kind of heavy. So I think that one's going away. That's perfect Onto size for my you. My wrist. No, it's perfect. You're not gonna be it's, able to close it. It's too there's, small. Oh, you're right. There's no way I could afford however much <laughs> this thing costs. That's not but like you know, it does crazy. look super cool. Yeah. And that um, thing can take a beating, and it keeps yeah. the, the time it keeps is tremendous. Our next thing segment, is so I will be smashing a hammer against this to see how, <laughs> how accurate. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this thing is very awesome. Uh, now, as far as, like, I mean, obviously there's no rules, but like if you were to have a Rolex like this, because this looks like a classic Rolex to me. Now, it has like it the is. steel or the oyster bracelet, which yeah. is their most popular famous bracelet so this came with it yeah okay so if you saw someone like take this oyster bracelet off mm-hmm. and then put on like a leather one like love this, it you that'd be love fun. it people do it all the time but it's very popular pictures. with this like an mm-hmm. army one it looks cool as shit i think it's a really good alternative if you want to wear your rolex and not have it be too shiny and attract too much I think attention that lowers the douche it does. That's why dudes Rolex. do it. That's yeah. definitely why dudes do it. I think, I mean, most watches I've seen, I prefer a leather band. Just yeah. seeing them. I'm not saying even on me. But yeah. when I see them, I think the leather band looks way, it just it looks a little more elegant and yeah. like, all right, that guy's just wearing a cool watch. Not like, all right, dude. I put that on a leather band. My problem with switching the leather band is it's it's not like hard to switch the bracelet up, but it takes a second. And then yeah. what if you're, I get really, you know, if, if like a, if I put a brown leather band and I'm not wearing a brown belt, like it becomes that. Yeah. It's then like, well, now everything's got to match. Whereas steel just matches everything. It goes with everything. So I yeah. can leave it alone. But yeah, that watch, but I know I like when people do the different colored straps. That's really popular. 
Yeah. And I it's like it a, great. a lot of people use it as a way to like match their outfits. Like a lot of re- a real popular thing with rich dudes right now mm-hmm. is like a color, lots of different colored NATO straps that match like their wacky scarf. Yeah, I've seen a lot of that. There is, yeah. I'm going to look up on my Instagram right now because I've started following a couple of watch um, yeah. companies and they're not, first of all, Weiss is a really cool. Weiss uh, is cool. W E I S S. They uh, are they're a Los Angeles based watch company. Yeah, and they make a really really nice looking watch, uh, and it runs nice according to Kevin. Like right. it's actually it's legit. On I mean, inside. I have I don't know about how the movements are, but uh, they seem to be a decent mechanical movement. Uh huh. So and they're I think they're pretty reasonable for that, and they're cool. They say Los Angeles on them on the dial. Yeah, they look great. They're on Instagram. They're uh, Weiss Watch Company. That's that's their handle. Yeah, and pretty much every single picture is like their watch with different bands and the outdoors, indoors. They look really, really cool. Yeah, but there, there's a a company or a, a, a an Instagram or a site called Worn and Wound, and they just post like awesome pictures of all kinds of watches. So like some, for someone like me that doesn't know a lot about like all these different companies and what they do and like you want to start with like what kind of watch looks cool to me because yeah. there's so many. This site has been really great as far as like every other picture I'll go, I didn't even know that company existed. Yeah. And then you look at it and you go, all right, aesthetically I like it and then you can like kind of Google what the hell's it all about, yeah. what's what are the insides That's like. the way you should start is like you just look at mm-hmm. these, these. there's a lot of Instagrams of like watch collectors and you just look at them and be like, oh, I like the way that looks and then you're like, okay, what is that brand and then look it up and then you start to learn stuff. Yeah. So yeah, worn and wound has been good, and then there's another one I can't I can't find. It's gonna be stupid if I just sit here and try and look at it while we're doing this live. Um, but um, there's but yeah, there's what's that? There's so many of them. If you just put in the hashtag watches, yeah, or like watch porn, a million of them will come up, and then you can just click on pictures and you'll find stuff. And then if you follow one, and then you go to like the search function in Instagram, it'll be like based on people you follow, and that's how I find a lot of them too. Yeah, th- this other one, as I put my phone down, I remembered it. It's called Analog Shift. Yeah, I follow it's, them. Yeah, okay, that, that's a cool one. Right? It's yeah, all it's vintage good. stuff. It's good. That guy's good. It looks really, really great. And, like, they don't sell shit. It's just, like, here's cool. I think he does sell. He sells, I think, a small amount of watches maybe, on his site. Maybe it's worn and wound that doesn't mostly, sell. Mostly, Analog Shift, I believe, has a sales place, and they sell, like, um, Omegas and stuff. But he's mostly a collector. Yeah. He occasionally sells stuff. Yeah, they, they post a lot of, like, I mean, like, beautiful looking but also that's a good someone like that who has like an instagram with tons of followers like he Mm -hmm. does and then that's a like a dependable probably a more dependable person to buy from yeah because they have so many followers and so many people know about them that if they sell a fake it's gonna get out oh yeah yeah. like that you know you want to go with people that have sold tons of watches it's worth spending a little extra money yeah. To not have to worry because nothing is the when you spend a lot of money on something and you're not sure if it's real, it is the worst. Yeah. Because every time you look at it and, you, and for a watch, Dude. you're looking at it all the time every day. Yeah. 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 It's it, it's a bummer when you realize you're like, oh, those hands are redone or like their yeah. replacement hands are like, why does the, why do the hands glow but the rest doesn't? You're like, right. Shit. <laughs> but funny. I, it is that's the thing when I tell people not to get into it, it's because of that stuff. It's so hard to know everything. There's a, there's just there's too much to know. And it's not like the companies who made these watches didn't know they were going to be such nerdy collectors, so they didn't give a shit. Yeah. So like all the, especially within Rolex, there's so many bizarre eccentricities that like 
every once in a while there'll be like a nude thing that comes out and they'll be like, oh, this is a 1950s watch with this dial they thought ended in 57, but this says it's 59 and everyone will <laughs> think it's fake and it's a... But it's probably just Rolex just made one and they're like, who gives a fuck? Yeah. And now a bunch of nerds are freaking out over it because they don't know how much it should cost. It's fetishism. Yeah, pretty much. I, I, mean, I tell people, if you really want to buy like a fancy-ass watch, go buy it new from the store. Like, pay then, more. Yeah, there's no question There's no question. Go buy from an authorized dealer. Go buy from the store with the name on it, and then you don't ever have to look at it with any sort of skepticism. Yeah. And if you plan on owning it a long time, it's like then you in 10 or 15 years will have that watch that people are like, oh, you got that? Yeah, and the yeah. difference in price is not going to matter over like the long run. If yeah. it's like a, you know, whatever difference, if you plan on having it a long time. The thing with a lot of people buy Rolexes when they maybe can't afford them. Uh-huh. I've done that where you're like, well, <laughs> I want to get this. Let's hope this year goes okay. Right. But the thing is that the reason is they're they're really easy to sell. So if you have to sell it, you can sell it really quick. Okay. Because so many people want them. They're the most in-demand luxury brand. So I can I could sell that in a day wow. if I had to. Wow. So it, it's almost like a safe place to put a little money. That, and also you can like wear it. Yeah. And if I have it for more, you know, I've had that a few years. So it's worth more than I paid for it. And if I need the money quick, I can just fucking have Dean Del Rey take it to the dude. And it's, you know, I get the money's in my pocket. Soon. Yeah. You can get the money quick. Right. So, but I mean, again, people pretend they love like the quality. And but the as far m- as like uh, Rolex and Omega, which are two of the companies you hear said the most, especially from you, you're well, all. Well, I like, I really like old Omegas because yeah. I think they're, they're not super expensive. And I think they're, they run really well. They're a good value. They're cool looking and they have a yeah. cool history. And they're like pretty simple looking. They're like very they're yeah. nice and simple. They're not like, even this Rolex is a little, it's, I almost want to say it's a little bit too busy for me. There's a lot going on. Well, yeah. that's, I mean, you can get, there's a lot more simpler looking Rolexes, but Omegas are nice and classic looking. Yeah. And they're not as expensive. They're kind of like right. a blue, more of a blue collar, I guess, nice watch. So as far as like, uh, affordability for a Rolex and an Omega. What is the lowest you think you can get one of those watches and still have it be a good Rolex or Omega? You can get a like a Rolex date model for in and around two grand from mm-hmm. like a reputable person. Two, tw- two grand, 2500 for like a date just. This is like an, an old one you're talking about? Yeah, an old one. And that's considered like a good deal? Yeah. Okay. That's a decent deal. They're out. I mean, you're going to be Spend between like twenty five hundred and four grand. And what about like for a brand new one? A brand new, the cheapest brand new Rolex I think is fifty five hundred bucks. Okay. And that's for just like but for a, Rolex or Omega. For Rolex, the okay. cheapest uh, Rolex I think is just their Oyster Precision. Uh huh. And it's fifty five hundred bucks retail, and it's just it's only the time. It doesn't have the date. It's just right. and it's an automatic movement, mechanical steel. Yeah, what's up? Okay. That's the cheapest one, which that's a lot of fucking money. That is. Yeah. So like what old Seikos you said would be cool? I like old dive Seikos from What's the seventies. They're like a they're it's their dive, dive watch. watch. Yeah. They all kind of look similar, but if you find they they they're kind of big. Uh-huh. But they're you can find those for like two, three, four hundred dollars and that's they're super durable. Yeah. They run well. But just make sure they're running, you know? Right. Seiko makes a the, the Seiko Grand line is more expensive, but like a Seiko, old Seikos are good. Uh huh. I like those. That is an inexpensive. Also, like old some of the older American brands, Hamilton, uh, Ben Russ, Waltham. 
Like mm-hmm. those are ones if they're if the watch is running and in good shape, you can find in the hundreds of dollars. Right. And they're cool looking. They're classic. They like they'll run forever. You just if you if you get them serviced, you know, on a regular basis, and and I think those are good value too. I th- I think old watches are a, are a better value because they're actually worth what you pay for them. Right. But when you, I mean, when you do buy a new one, the only drawback from buying a brand new expensive watch is like buying a car. So that, like, say, the cheapest Rolex that I said, the $5,500 one, the minute you walk out of the store, you can only really sell that for probably $3,500. Because, really? Yeah. Because you're going to sell it to a dealer or on the, what's called the gray market. And, and people aren't trying to spend retail money on the gray market. So, you paid a premium, mm. and if you need to sell it fast, you're going to lose money. Whereas if you buy, if you get a good deal on like a, an old watch, you're not going to lose as much money if you have to sell it or if or at all, yeah. really. So what's what what another thing that's like kind of becoming more popular is these like independent watchmakers yeah. coming from like. So I guess Shinola sort of was like that. Weiss is definitely like that. Mm-hmm. But then there's other companies you'll see pop up. Like there's one called Nomos. N-O-M-O-S. Yeah, in German. Nomoses are cool looking. That's like a newer company though, yeah. right? See, so yeah, but those look super cool. Yeah. But then it's like you they don't have this history. Nomos, yeah, the the design is really beautiful and simple. They're uh-huh. German. I believe they're out of Glashute, which is a, a city with lots of good watchmakers. Yeah. But they have a really good reputation so far. Is that and, like how Nashville is for music? Yeah. And yeah. that's like for watches. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like the that's the German city with the great watchmakers in it. Okay. Because mostly because it of the company A Lang and Son being there. Now I'm pronouncing that wrong. It's supposed you're supposed to pronounce it A Lang and Sonne, but I am not. Gonna, yeah, you're not going to do that. I, just, <laughs> I usually call them ALS. Yeah, but or they A- make A-Lang. they make fuck. They make they're my favorite watch company. Yeah, they're A Lang. A Lang is my A-Lang. favorite. I love. They're the most beautiful. They are so expensive. Yeah, I had one. I was afraid to wear it, so I sold it. Because it wow. was just too. I was afraid it was gold. That's how much you loved it. You were afraid. I didn't want to. Gold's a soft metal. If you bang it into the wall, it dents it. I couldn't really afford it, <laughs> so I just dude. had it for a little while, and then I and then I wow. sold it. Um. So yeah, like companies like that, you're just like, what you know? You look at them and they look great, but you just don't know. Like, no, most though, because they were cool looking. A lot of people that were into watches started to investigate. Like, okay, is this a good company? And they they do they were like okay they're using good movements they're, they're, yeah. they're so they've become pretty popular like they're now carried by pretty reputable jewelry dealers and, and watch dealers like there's a guy in actually the Glendale Galleria who is a a, a really reputable Rolex dealer and he carries Nomos I was surprised he carries really? Nomos there too they're cool looking what do they and run like how much do they they're cost? not super expensive they run like I think the cheapest one is probably fifteen hundred bucks. They go up to like three thousand, but you can find them uh, secondhand. Like people sell them used. I see them for like eleven hundred dollars. Wow! And since they haven't been around that long, I don't think a lot of people are making fakes. So you, it's yeah. it's one you can kind of find because it's look not super expensive. Su- they look nice. And yeah, they're simple. really modern and classic looking. Those are I've seen a bunch on that worn and wound Instagram. That's why that's how I ran came across them. I wasn't like sitting there going yeah. like, German watch companies. But yeah, I, I just came across that and I was like, oh, this is fucking cool. I've almost bought a Nomos a few times. Um, but I just don't know where. It, there's not a lot of places to great. buy them. Yeah. So that the guy in the in the Glendale Gallery, I was I was happy to see if I wanted one, I would know where to go. Yeah. Because I just you know I'd have to buy it from somewhere like in Germany, which is weird. Right. I'd rather buy. I like I like buying a watch from like a store, mm-hmm. so I can go in there if there's a problem. Yeah. Now you pay more money 
buying from a place that has an actual store, but I I just like it from like a I know what to do or something. I go, hey, this broke, and they're like, oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. We're supposed yeah. to like emailing a guy and then mailing it to them and all that shit. Okay. It's a pain in the ass. Um, have you gotten any questions from any any listeners or anything? I didn't tweet that to for people to ask dude, us, but dude, dude, let me look. Let's, let's see if you did. Because we had people just telling us we had sound problems earlier, which was taken care of. Um, if not, I'm sure when we release it tomorrow, we will people will email us with someone shit. just said good and loud. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no. Yeah, I'm sure we uh, we will. If you have any, um, I mean, tweet tweet us. I guess simple questions. <laughs> a, I don't know that much, and Kevin, I'm sure is not going to want to sit there and explain all this fucking. People tweet up. me questions sometimes. Okay, um, but I guess you could just kind of lead them and like go to this site where you can read a lot of it. Cause that's how you figured all this out. It's not like yeah, you went I to go, watch school. I, I started <laughs> going to this, the first site I went to is called the purists. Uh-huh. The, of course. <laughs> T-H-E-P-U-R-I-S-T-S. Yeah. And uh, it has like a little section for each company. What I like yeah. about the purists is there's like a decorum code. You can't be rude. Oh, you can't be like that watch is ugly. It's literally not allowed. Wow. Like, they'll delete your comment and then cancel your thing. <laughs> Holy shit. I, and I really like that because these people, a lot of times people buy expensive things and watches because it's like a milestone in their life. Uh-huh. They spend a lot of money. It's important to them. They don't want a guy going like, oh, got the wrong one. Yeah. It ruins the experience. And, and honestly- like, well, my wife got it for me for yeah, my 20th does, anniversary. It fucking doesn't sucks, matter. bro. Yeah, she yeah. got the wrong serial number. It's like, dude, you're an <laughs> asshole. A, it doesn't matter. Yeah. And like, so literally, you're not allowed to be rude to each other. You can't even, you can be like, uh, it's not my particular taste. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. That, but even congratulations that, on your fine purchase. You know like what people, kind of people <laughs> say? They always, they, someone will post a picture like, got this watch. And, and they'll say like, Wear in the best of health. <laughs> Wear it in the best. In of the health. best of health. <laughs> but that I went to that site and started learning stuff, yeah. and then I go to this site called Time Zone okay. that has like a sales area, and they also have like an area for each company, and you and just kind of nerd out. What about um? Because you always talk about want to buy a watch. The That's place the place I go to in L.A. That's yeah. where I, I buy from. I've bought a handful of watches from them. I've you know traded watches with them. And that's on uh, Melrose and near La Cienega. Yeah, just do, east of La Cienega. Do they have like a website though for someone who lives yeah, in like New York? WannaBuyWatch.com. They are a very reputable vintage Rolex dealer. They're not cheap. Uh-huh. They are all of the higher end of Rolex uh, secondhand dealers. Yeah, but. I they have a great watchmaker. Mm-hmm. They're super reputable. They have a great selection. The people are nice, but it is not the cheapest one. I just like it because it's local. Yeah. So I can go there, and uh, you know I can talk to them about what I want to get, and mm-hmm. and you know I've gone there enough now to where like you know they give me a little wiggle room like on Kevin! prices. Yeah. Yeah. Balloons come down. The thing, yeah. Uh-huh. The most you just want to talk. At, at some point, you just want to nerd out. I can't talk to normal people about this shit because it's all like talking in serial numbers yeah it's just it's fucking weird yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. so i tell people not to do it's so why i didn't want to do a podcast about it right because you sound like an alien yeah but well, that, like, i mean that's exactly why i was like we're not gonna just sit here yeah. and do that so i was like i need to ask specific questions and yeah. kind of like avoid that and not really get too into the high-end stuff because it, it gets to a place where you're like I don't even, I've never heard of yeah. this thing. I don't, I can't even pronounce it back to you after yeah. you've said it, you know, that kind of stuff. But, but yeah, I mean, like the basics were covered. Like if you're going to look at a watch and it says quartz movement and mechanical, you know, I know mm-hmm. a little bit of a difference in why there is a price difference and, yeah. and all that stuff. And anything else is like, you can just kind of research it more and figure out like what works for you and how much 
you personally think, okay, that's way too much money to spend. Yeah. Um, and for like, I guess to kind of like wrap up, um, for, for, cause I'm a lot of people that are listening to this are going to be like either, you know, 500 and up a thousand is way, yeah. I'm never going to really do that. Or if I do, it'll be years from now, blah, 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 blah. Right. Or they're like, I don't even wear a watch that much anyway. Cause I have my phone, but right. you just kind of want to have something that maybe looks cool if you're yeah. going out. So in the, let's say hundred and below 200 category, can you think off the top of your head, like three watches that are in are that gonna category? Cool? I go G-Shock. Okay. I go Swatch. And then I would go the System 51. System so. 51. Okay. And then I would go like old American mechanical watches, Hamilton. Uh, Those are below 200. They can bucks? be. It, oh, wow. They can be. I See, mean, I you got to look. Okay. And it's hard to find, but they can be in and around the, the low hundreds. Yeah. Hamilton, Waltham, uh, Ben Russ. Ones mm-hmm. like that. That's a th- those are cool ones in and of that price range. When I saw Walkman. the Walkman, yeah, okay, I forget how it's spelled. <laughs> Probably with like a U with There's a weird two squiggly ends, things on it, yeah. and like an H. Zodiac, Zodiac okay. can be in. I think maybe a little higher, but close to that. Yeah, yeah, that got its popularity when the Zodiac Killer wore one. That's exactly his, right. It's uh, exactly right. Spray. So proud of you for knowing that. <laughs> um, and then that Ben Russ Sky Chief that is my dream watch. Yeah. They make, I showed you this, they make a new one. Yeah. Like a reissue or whatever yeah. the fuck. Not worth it, you're saying? No. Why not? It's just not, it's not. They're not, like a lot of these companies, they're, they didn't, they were good companies a long time ago, and then they, they didn't really stay good. Yeah. And the fact that you can buy an old one, why wouldn't you buy an old one that's still running versus a new one? That runs, just it, as, you know. I think the new one is like, Two thousand dollars less than the old one, and there's a reason. <laughs> I know. I figured as much when I saw. You kind of get what you pay for. Yeah, you know? like the fact that they're just like, oh shit, we made a dope Sky Chief forty years ago. Yeah. Let's just slap Sky Chief on this on this new one. It's not really the same. So I mean, the insides, it's not as unique either. The yeah. movement's probably not as great. I don't know anything about new band rust movements. Okay, but it's just not as interesting or unique a thing. Right? It hasn't it hasn't lasted that long? It hasn't stood okay. the test of time. So in like old Hamiltons, yeah. Uh, uh, this new Swatch. What was the third one? Uh, G-Shock. G-Shock. That's right. Yeah, Hamilton. Um, ben. The old American. Uh, oh, uh, uh, fuck. Bulovas. Old Bulovas are cool as oh, really? shit. Wait, what about Madova? What's that? Yeah, they're they're about? good too. Uh, yeah, they can be good. A be lot good of those too. companies are a lot of. Some of them are like. Uh, are, are like offshoot. They they were like owned by other companies. Like I believe Ben Russ. I believe is like an an offshoot of like Boulevard or something. Oh really? Like some What's of them the like Rolex offshoot that looks Tudor. Cool. Tudor. Those look cool. Tudors are great. Yeah. They're a are... little bit cheaper. They look oh. a lot like a Rolex. They're durable and they're just yeah. like they're people like them because they were like worn a lot by the military. They do look I was just going to say it looks like a guy operating a tank would wear one yeah, of those. Yeah. So like yeah. the British military wore Tudor watches and that's a lot of the reason they became like a lot of people one of the things on that Hodinky eBay thing was like it's it Tudors, there's good prices on Tudors in London or in right. England because they were so common. So lots of people had them for sale, and lot so there's lots of them around to buy. Ah. like you know, like J- there's certain parts of like Japan that are great for Rolex because yeah. they were just a ton of them in the 70s or whatever. Right. But Tudors are cool. They're a cool like slight like less expensive like version of a Rolex. If you don't want to have a Rolex and you don't want to kind of maybe feel like you're trying to show off, mm-hmm. but it's but something that's of and around the same quality. Tudors run by Rolex, so. 
they're still a really well-made watch, and you're going to spend yeah. a little less money. And they're cool as shit looking. Okay. The new the new Tudor uh, Black Bay has a gilt dial. It's dope, which is gold printing. What is a gilt dial? G- gold. Oh. So right. it says it says the name in like gold. It says Tudor uh-huh. and gold. Like yeah. and, the, and the little markers are are like pink gold. Looks nice. It's so funny. It's like yeah, it's <laughs> um, that tiny shit. And if you're looking to spend under thirty dollars, get this Timex Weekender. Dude, it's Timex, been, man. It's been amazing. Um, I've had it for years. It does run out of batteries, but it has a fucking Indiglow. How many of your fucking precious Rolexes have that? I mean, any Rolex glows. Oh, all right. <laughs> They're for underwater. Um, they have oh, yeah, tritium. That's right. Yeah. Which is what Indiglow is made of. Yeah. Runs out the door. All right. <laughs> um, okay. This has been informative. Okay. I really feel like it has. <laughs> I'm serious. I hope, I hope anyone agrees with you. I'm dude, I'm I'm telling you people will cuz it didn't turn into like, you know, serial number talk and like all, like crazy high end where people are like I don't even I don't fucking I mean, care. what I the hell's going on with the 1675 market, you guys? It's crazy. Yeah. It's all over the place. You don't even know what you have. Yeah, that kind of stuff. You don't even know what you have with those 1675. They're all over the place. Yeah. So, yeah, I we, see 6750s for more than 1675. What the fuck is even that about? Yeah. I mean, it's my blasphemy God. is what it is. If you're is. doing an explorer, do a 1016. Spend the extra 4 grand. Yeah. Don't be dumb. This is like the craziest. This is like this is how me and Dean Del Rey became friends. This is like the conversation at a dinner table in some fancy restaurant, ninety stories up, yeah, in New York, where you're eating like meat that's illegal. You're having like you know foie gras or something, or like that someone serves you dodo bird, which yeah. you thought like that hasn't been around for two hundred years. Also, now's a great time to be picking up a sixteen sixty five seed dweller. That market's <laughs> underrated. Get in there. See, see, this is a, it's a vagina dryer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, um, <laughs> this is getting me so unlaid. Yeah. All right, there you have it, everybody. Uh, for those of you who are listening, who are like subscribe on iTunes and weren't able to see all this, I don't know if this is going to still be up on Daily Motion. Will it? Oh, so you can find. Okay. So um, yeah, go to the link that we tweeted, and you can actually watch this episode about watches i did not mean to do that um but yeah because i hold up all the watches that kevin uh brought in and talked about and stuff and then obviously use your ability to google if you're like what does this look like so either google the episode or just google the watch and you'll see fucking a million pictures um so this is good i learned some shit we hope you did too um and thank you for listening we will see you next week thank you sorry <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> That's great. <laughs>